welcome to my show. This is Karina Mikhailova. You're listening to the podcast The Burnout Blessing. I call it a blessing because if I've never gotten ill and took the time to heal in a natural and sustainable way, I would have never grown this much as a person and I would have never discovered that there is so much more to life than just achieving your targets at work and appearing perfect like I've got it all figured out. Now I know this is complete crap. Dear guys and gals, what's in it for you? In this show, you will learn about my burnout story and you will get a better understanding of what the heck is a burnout. Why people with a burnout need to take a step back and get their ducks in a row. Why people with a burnout actually stay home on medical leave. Disclaimer, I'm not a professional psychologist and not a doctor. I'm just sharing my story and what I've learned. If you feel like you need professional help, please, Let's break the taboo and get some help. You're not alone in this. And there are many different sustainable solutions. It's important to point out that everyone's burnout is different with their own story, own causes, with their own symptoms and their own solutions. It's not always related to work. And a burnout can take many different forms of symptoms and behaviors. So this podcast is for you if you feel like you're about to lose it because of stress at work, if you feel like you're about to get burned out, or maybe you're already burned out and you're looking for stories of a person who went through the same damn thing, or maybe you have a person in your life who's going through one of the things that I just mentioned and you want to get a better understanding of what's going on and how you can make a better impact, a more positive impact. So if you're listening to the If you listen to the first episode, I want to remind you that I signed the improvement plan documents that I didn't agree with, which was pretty dumb. Yeah, shit happens. I take full responsibility for what happened to me, but I can't take responsibility for mismanagement. So, small recap of the first episode. I had many ideas for work, but I was insecure because of my criticism towards myself and others. All of that got me pretty isolated. You could say I was not the popular one. But boy, I wish I was. I was working long hours. I even agreed to do things that contradicted my intuition. Actually, I wasn't listening to my intuition at all. That's how bad it got when I wanted to get other people's recognition and approval. But I didn't want to give up. I wanted to prove that I could handle a lot of, let's be honest, bullshit. I felt like I didn't get any recognition. Well, now you take all of these ingredients, you put them in a mixer and you got yourself a big fat burnout. But at that moment, I didn't know what was happening to me and the scale of it. The next couple of months, I would deny and fight the disease, trying to stay strong because that's how I am. After my medical leave started, I could not face anything related to work, like suits, work clothes, rush hours, big corporate cars with people wearing suits at the inside, high level of marketing, blah blah, you know. We offer solutions, our values, our mission, our customers, our key. Yeah, that kind of shit. But even people buying lunch and chatting about work. It made me feel nauseous. I would almost throw up on the street and then I would start crying. In general, I felt empty inside. 
and an overwhelming sadness. I could start crying on the streets out of nowhere and not give a shit about what other people thought about me. My boyfriend who supported me a lot said that maybe I have one of those burnouts. I exploded in anger saying that burnouts were for weak people and I am not weak. My memory and concentration started to get a downgrade. I wanted to hide from anyone as I was ashamed. I was so ashamed that I was on sick leave. That's for when you have a physical injury, I thought. I, could, I couldn't wait to get back to work. Luckily, my house doctor knew better. Luckily, the football World Cup was happening in June, and so I was forced in a positive way to see my friends and not stay at home all day long overthinking what the heck is happening to me and cry. I knew that I had to talk to a professional. And via an anonymous program from work, thank you work, I could ask 10 sessions with a psychologist. This person, this psychologist, she was specialized in burnouts. That's how many cases of burnouts there are today. You can get specialized in burnouts. Yeah. In the beginning, I was incredibly skeptical of everything the psychologist said. I could see though that she was a very grounded person, something I wish to be one day. She talked to me about the state of doing and the state of being. She was trying to get through to me, saying that a lot of people are caught up in the state of doing, doing things, getting things done, being strong and keep on going the extra mile. Being busy is a new fashion. It's like if it's supposed to give prestige. Is the thought of my life is so busy supposed to stand for a full and happy life? Now, dear, answer honestly. Have you ever caught yourself thinking these thoughts? That's okay, you're not alone. As long as you're conscious or aware of these thoughts, you can decide for yourself what you will do with them. Will you let yourself get upset because your life does not look busy and so happy? Or will you throw those upsetting thoughts away and move on with your life? Up to you. On the other hand, you have the state of being. That means feeling the state of your body, feeling the state of your mind. Are you tired in your head and start to make writing mistakes, for instance? And feeling the state of your spirit. Are you getting freaking sick of something or does something energize you? Accept being tired. Accept being human. For God's sake, give yourself a break. When you start checking in with yourself, be nice to you. If you're tired, take a break, do something relaxing, drink a warm beverage, watch an episode of Friends, just thinking out loud here. So when the therapy sessions the psychologists tried to explain me this state of doing and the state of being, and I was denying that I was doing something wrong. I was still making to-do lists for me, to do at home. I was keep, uh, and keep on getting disappointed that I could not finish the to-do lists because I was getting more and more tired every day. I got stricter with me to finish the lists and then I got more tired and more disappointed and so on. It was a vicious circle. I restarted with meditation. I tried it in the past, but I stopped because it didn't have, I didn't have enough patience or time to do this mumbo jumbo. 
I would start to jog. But then I would push myself so much that my knee started to hurt. My physiotherapist said that I needed to stop jogging and first grow some muscles to support the skeleton. Uh, did I mention that I ran the 20 kilometers of Brussels? Twice. Almost no physical preparation. Just on character and perseverance. Anyone dares to say that I'm weak? Yeah, kids, don't try this at home. Running 20 kilometers without physical preparation is horrible for your body, heart, joints and skeleton. Don't do this. In the meantime, in July, I was about to turn 30. I was completely freaked out. What was there to celebrate? I'm turning 30 and I have no kids, not married. I don't have a job where I can express myself and not have a nervous breakdown. Seriously. The only thing that I wanted to celebrate was the fact that I was... Uh, you know, that I, I was in a healthy relationship, that I have my parents, I have my grandmothers whom I have a good relationship with, and I have good friends who support me no matter what. So I rented a holiday house in the woods and celebrated my birthday with my boyfriend, family and friends. It was better than I could have imagined. For 30 years, I didn't really know what made me happy, like true happiness. I thought true happiness was just so mumbo jumbo. I thought true happiness does not exist. You always have something or someone in your life that messes your happiness up. Maybe you notice here that my focus was external. I didn't know what made me happy. I didn't understand what my priorities were in life. It is so much easier to focus on priorities of someone else. And that's what I did. Again, I was fulfilling the people-pleaser role. I felt like I did not have my own opinion. Some people are very, very opinionated about something. I admired that. But you know, it's not always the loudest person that, could, that should be listened to. My second issue was the analytical fast brain. I can come up with so many ideas, so many pros and cons, that it was too difficult to have a very strong opinion about something. The result was that people told me that I don't express my opinion. It's like I'm hiding something. My friends, if you're experiencing the same kind of difficulties, the solution here is to listen to your gut, your freaking intuition. You always have it with you and you can use it at any time as a compass. I started to do course at home, cleaning out closets, painting a wall, at that moment, I had never read the full series of Harry Potter. Whoa! And as reading was not going very well with my tired brain, I listened to the books. I listened to the books. The complexity of the first book was exactly the maximum complexity that I could handle. Oddly, I saw a similarity between the needed focus to do magic and the focus needed to do meditation. In August, I found out that I was replaced at work. None of the managers notified me about it. Not even a message. I felt so insulted. I felt like I've been treated with no respect whatsoever. What did I communicate to my customers? Oh my god, my customers, what are they thinking about me? I got so upset for about a month. I woke up at night multiple times and would start crying and have 
heart palpitations that would turn into panic attacks. August 2018 was hell. In the meantime, I had my evening nutrition classes for which I had to study. Again, ignoring my, that my brain needed rest. I had an exam coming up. Studying for an exam is a bit stressful, that's normal, but I was already in a state where stress, adrenaline and cortisol had taken over the ship. I didn't want to face that I needed rest, that my brain needed rest. So I took the exam and got back home. Then I started to lose feelings in, feelings in my arms. I recognized the hyperventilation and I got scared. I was home alone. My boyfriend had football training. The panic attack got worse. I rang the bell of my neighbors. I heard earlier that they were at home. They opened the door and, and I said, I'm not feeling well. I'm having a panic attack. Can I sit with you for a while? They must have thought this girl is nuts. The neighbor's daughter gave me a hug, but it didn't get better. My mouth was getting dry. I asked for a plastic ba bag to breathe in. It didn't help. I asked if they could bring me to the hospital. So my neighbors, Carlos, Joel, and our visiting friend drove me to a hospital not far away. I got checked quickly and they checked my heart and blood. Again. The result was the same. My heart was fine and I was having a panic attack. I explained to the doctor that I was on medical leave and the reason for it. He was understanding. He advised to talk to the crisis team at the hospital, which consisted of a psychologist and even a psychiatrist. Those folks told me that they have plenty of burnout cases. Huh, interesting. 75% of treated people of my age are struggling with a burnout, and they are working in a big corporate environment. Ta -ta -ta. I felt a weird feeling of recognition. I was not alone. There were many people, many other people like me, struggling with the same freaking burnout. The only thing that I could think about was the state of doing. The state of doing. The state of doing. Not being. This is a play. A mindset play. When I saw my house doctor for the monthly checkup, she suggested to take medication. But I refused. I said, if it is my mind that made me ill, it can be my mind who will, make, who will heal me. That is the only sustainable solution. Now, this is my case. Every situation is different and you should consult your doctor about medication, about your treatment. When I noticed that, uh, then I noticed that when I tried to read, don't forget my memory and concentration downgrade, when I tried to read more than two pages in a book, my head would get heavy. I would get these headaches, become emotionally empty and very sad. What the heck was that again? My psychologist explained that because I was not slowing down my lifestyle and I was not accepting my illness, my brain was shutting down cognitive functions, like reading. I wasn't able to read for 12 freaking months, one whole year. I felt like a part of my personality had been taken away. I started to lose sense of who I was. I felt 
just like a shadow of who I was. Finally, I understood. My brain, my brain is crying for rest. My poor, poor brain. No more full speed. For the next couple of months, I was just existing. I could barely feel joy or laugh. I cried. I slept for more than 12 hours a day. I had panic attacks. I felt empty and an overwhelming sadness. In January, a new thing popped up. Because of the panic attacks, I was very aware of my heart rate. You maybe noticed that after a meal, your heart rate rises a little bit. That's normal. Digestion is happening. But I was super aware of my heart rate. And after a meal, I would, get, I would feel my heart rate, notice that it was a bit higher and think that it was the start of a panic attack, which it became. I was afraid of eating now. I would eat in small portions, but more often. I felt a prisoner of my heart rate. Once I forgot that I could only eat a small portion and I ate a regular portion. My heart rate increased and I got a huge panic attack. I measured my heart rate while I was sitting on a chair in the kitchen panicking. It was 153 beats per minute. I was sitting down and panicking. I put my clothes on and left to the hospital on foot. You know, just in case I would not get better by the time I would arrive there. I was listening, I was listening to the Harry Potter books. They gave a sense of rest. Harry was learning magic and I was learning how to control my focus and my mind and my emotions. In the end, the only thing that helped me with the panic attacks was meditation. No shit. Meditation was no longer mumbo jumbo for me, but a daily 20 minutes exercise that I loved doing. It brought me rest and clearness to my mind. I started to make notes for a fiction story. Just words, sentences. Then I started to write paragraphs. I started to create a fiction story. A couple of pages became several notebooks of ideas and notes. Storylines, characters, world building. I still could not read other people's work, but I could write and read my own stuff. My doctoring psychologist explained that Creativity and fantasy are situated in another part of the brain than the part that is shut down by the burnout. I would still get panic attacks and I would still dream about work every night for months. In my dreams, I would go to the office door of my dotted line manager to confront her and then I would wake up. Carefully, I started to feel joy again. My boyfriend, family and friends were really supportive. Thank you for that. I was meditating, playing sports, writing my fiction story. I was getting better. But now I started to put pressure on myself to heal soon. I wanted to heal soon. Would I ever learn? My doctor and psychologist would say that it is normal. Healing from a burnout goes with ups and downs. It's not a straight line. And you know what? I started to see light at the end of the tunnel. Dear guys and girls, I want to remind you that this story has a positive ending. And now, after a long episode, let's shake some booty and let's dance. Enjoy the tune.